right. Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars to educate myself, to educate my audience, to have some fun, and to, to learn something. And, and also, more importantly, to be able to see friends that I don't necessarily see because we don't live in the same place. Today, we're broadcasting from uh, Martha's Vineyard and from specifically Misty Meadows Equine Learning Center, which is an amazing place on Martha's Vineyard. And we'll tell you about that in a moment. So thank you so much for joining us and welcome Laura Plunkett and Susie Buck for making this happen in that hot aisle. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, so, so Susie, can you tell us a, a bit about your background and Misty Meadows so that for those folks who don't know, uh, sure. Um, I'm the equine manager here at Misty Meadows, and Misty Meadows is a path certified therapeutic riding um, facility. We also do recreational riding and mounted archery. Um, so we also have unmounted lessons um, through equine assisted learning activities um, and opportunities for pretty much anyone to come and partner with horses to have an experience uh, and uh, work together with horses to learn more about themselves uh, and others. So the mission of Misty Meadows is to provide an environment where horses and humans can partner with each other to um, create better lives. And, and so basically you serve the island population, both the full-time residents and those that are there for the summer, right? And yep, there's um, programs that also run um, that allow those coming to visit, even if they're here for a short amount of time, to come and maybe have an experience with their family um, or friends. Um, so we build a time in our schedule to make space to provide unmounted activities for those who are just coming in, but maybe have some exposure to horses that they didn't have before or have um, a equine-assisted experience um, to bring them close to So if you're visiting the island, you have a horse crazy kid, you definitely need to stop by. And um, I'm not sure that anybody watching this webinar is gonna be able to attend, but tomorrow you're having an open house, isn't that right? Every cool. Saturday from 10 to noon, we have an open house with pony rides and horse activities. Um, and then getting to know the property and the horses and learn more about Misty Meadows in general, in person. <laughs> And Laura, you are a familiar face on our webinars. We um, don't usually see you in the barn when we're broadcasting, but it's great to have you there. And, and um, you're a board member at Misty Meadows, right? So what happened for me is that I got a call when they were first, so the nonprofit was gifted this property. And just that nonprofit, the people were starting to figure out how to use the property. And that brought a couple of horses over. So it was at the real beginning of and we, um, and so I came in as an equine communicator to start talking to the horses. And one of the horses says to me, no one knows it yet, but the horses here are going to be extremely happy and we're going to be able to heal, help people heal. And that this is going to become sort of an internationally known place where people can come together and figure out how humans and horses can partner for healing. And so that's how my involvement, I got, I was up, I was in from that moment. And um, so yeah, it's been about five years, four or five years that I've been involved and I've been a board member for some of those and definitely a volunteer in the aisles. 
Right. So you help out not just with animal communication, but also getting horses ready, working with different horses if they need some special attention. So the, the volunteers are a really important part of your program, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. We would not be able to do what we do without the contribution of our volunteers. And we have many opportunities to volunteer from helping file in the office to doing horse chores to going through our um, horse handling and sidewalker trainings to actually help in class. And our, whether it be our therapeutic classes, which might have a higher need um, for support or some of our um, recreational classes where we just need beginners to have a little bit of help on the lead line. Um, every opportunity, every person who comes makes this place run. And PATH is the, um, it used to have another name. So just tell us a little bit about PATH. Oh, PATH, yes. It used to be called ANARA. Um, probably, well, I'd say 15 years ago, they started calling themselves PATH. It's the Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship. Oh, cool. Okay, thank you. Because, you know, I knew it changed the name, but I didn't actually know what the acronym stood for. So that's great. Super. Uh, and they are a national organization that um, helps standardize therapeutic riding activities, both mounted, well, there's therapeutic riding activities, and now they've actually do have um, portions that are unmounted activities as well, um, horse-assisted activities as well. So they provide a standard of operation and level of training. So it's great. So if you walk into any PATH certified um, facility, you know you're going to get a certain level of quality, of horsemanship, care, and knowledge and learning. Um, and for all of our instructors, myself, our executive director, our office manager, um, you're all uh, certified uh, PATH certified instructors. We're now, they changed the name, CTRI, um, certified, and I haven't gotten that acronym down, but we're PATH certified riding instructors so that you know that when you come in, wherever you go, you're going to get a safe, consistent type of therapeutic riding or unmounted experience. So it's really wonderful. There's a lot of rigorous testing and standards that need to be met in order to be called a therapeutic facility. Um, and uh, we are honored to be so. Great. And so, yes, not only are you PATH certified instructors, but the facility is PATH certified as well, correct? Yeah, and two separate processes. You can find PATH certified instructors at an uncertified um, facility, um, which is fine. You still have a very safe, consistent PATH certified lesson. It just means that the property itself hadn't gone through the entire certification process. So it is two different processes. Great. And of course, we have to introduce uh, the one between you right now, our four-legged friend that's coming to be on our webinar today. Who is this? Well, this is Jasper. And uh, Jasper, when we, he first arrived, he came from a sale barn, and his name was number seven. And I got to have the honor of being here when he and the next horse you'll meet, Finn, arrived. Finn was number 33. And they arrived and they needed to be quarantined for two weeks. And I was able to talk to Jasper when he first got here and explain, this is your paddock for now. You and Finn get to stay together. And we're here, I'm here just to explain the property and all of that and to learn more about you. And he told me that although he, at the moment, had zero energy um, and 
had had a background that was more of a, um, he had, what he told me is that he had been at one of those um, trail riding facilities where every hour a new rider gets on your back and that he had never had a person. But he told me that at heart, if he could just have some good nutrition and some time to recover from his life, that he would become, he would love to be part of the program where, because he already loved children, he loved people. He was basically calm, but he also had a playful side. So right away that gave us a little bit of a sense of him. And then what I love about Misty is each horse gets a volunteer. And at that point I was his significant other um, so that they don't come and just get passed from one student to another or one staff member. Everybody has somebody. And Jasper and I went through a whole bunch of um, experiences together where he just had some rest and relaxation energy work. The funny thing about Jasper is if I sat here now I just put, you know, did some polarity, some energy work with him. He lays down. He gets so relaxed, he just cashes it in wherever he is. So I'm not going to do that. But I'll use this example to say that one of the reasons I'm so excited, Wendy, to show you Misty and show your viewers Misty is I love the comprehensive care that they get. And so Jasper being part of the program, he has incredible nutrition that, that you've talked about in a past webinar. And um, he gets your pads and he gets carrot stretches and he gets a whole bunch of other things to like keep his holistic sense of himself complete as he serves others. And we really do try to look at each of our horses as an individual and how they're coming to the program. And we want our horses to be able to be present in order to partner with people to be a part of our programs and participate and not just feel like they need to just shut down to do the job that they're going to do. Um, and you don't always know what these horses' backgrounds are. We have Laura to help us a little bit with, you know, things that they want to tell us, but they don't always tell you everything. Um, and you, you kind of have to take them as they are when they come and see what they need, not just physically. Um, when Jasper came to us, he had a really severe vitamin E deficiency. So we found that out and we have a wonderful vet that we work with. Um, and we have uh, Daisy Picking as our, um, our barrier. And so we have a holistic team of people who take an approach to making sure that our horses feel not just solid mentally, not just solid physically, but solid mentally as well. Because if they don't feel good in their bodies, they're not gonna feel good in their brains and then they're not showing up fully class and obviously you know injuries happen and illnesses happen here on Martha's Vineyard Lyme disease is always a challenge for horse human dog cat you name it um so you know there's times when they're not always feeling at their best but um and it's pretty hot in that barn aisle right now isn't it it's a little <laughs> he's feeling a little sweaty and sleepy it's not yeah. horrible we have some fans on and windows open but it's about it's about 85 here on the island today. Which is not, uh, it's unusual for you to have that kind of temperature for these horses. They're not used to it. So, I'm not, a little bit, but no, predominantly throughout the year, we, um, we have pretty mild weather, which is nice. It will get cooler this evening. So everybody does get a break. It usually gets into the low 70s, high 60s at night. So from a horse perspective, that's very nice. But- um, Because he incredibly relaxed and yeah. maybe a little sleepy. <laughs> So using the pads is a part of our sort of holistic approach to making sure that we have different tools in our toolbox to allow them to be the best physically. Um, and also obviously everyone who 
follows you and knows about the pets, knows the level of relaxation, and just overall, it can be such an enriching experience to be on them when things are happening, whether it's in class or before class. We use them as part of our warm-up, um, and on any given day, you know, a horse might want to take to them, or they might not. They get a choice. Um, but overall, it helps us help them be at their best. So um, all of our horses are pretty keen on pets. And sometimes it's interesting that like if they're normally keen on pets and then they're not for some reason, that can actually be good information to say, oh, you know, maybe for some reason they ding themselves or the pad just isn't comfortable that day. It might be something that we look at and take note of and see if, if something's come up because sometimes it tells you that they, you know, tweak something and they're not really psyched about standing on a pad because it doesn't feel as good as it normally does. Right, something's changed. That's, it's, it's good to take note of that because it is, it is kind of an indicator that something's changed. And the question is, is it okay? Or is it something you need to investigate further? So yeah. we're gonna have you guys go ahead and put Jasper on some pads. Now, I wanna add one thing, which just standing next to him. Yeah. Um, I don't know if viewers noticed, but for a while he was shifted off of his right hind and now mm -hmm. he's laid off his left hind. And because of the way I sometimes sense energy and pain, I just, I'm not saying there's pain, but I feel like there's some tightness here that he's adjusting for. So it'll be interesting. And you can, I don't know if anyone can see, but when I, when I did that, then he's getting a little tight right there and he's watching me, even just coming around this area. You see it, Susie, how he's bent me? This all yeah, tight. it's a little hard for us to see, but we, we're going to certainly take well, a look. Muscles here, but on tight. the side of the mouth. Oh, yeah. Kind of get a little more first. And, and his eyes uh, actually opened. I don't know if we'll, we'll see it again. But I come here. And he's a little more concerned. His ears perked up. Because he said something. So it'll be interesting after the pads, we can, we yeah. can check again. All right, so what, which pads are you going to use with Jasper? Um, I think we will. He likes the, what is the green pads? The green or the medium, right? Green or first or And then we have, oh, we have our, sure. We have, so we have our wedges. We have the soft blue. We have the firm green. And we have the purple mediums. We also have um, pods as well. A lot of our horses aren't quite yet at the pod stage. No one really feels 100% comfortable with pods yet. A little too unstable, but we're getting there. Um, so I, we usually just start with something kind of in the middle. We do know that some of our horses, our older horses might prefer the firms, the hard orange pads. We do have those. Um, and but Jasper's one who we know is on the underside, he gets a lot of pads and body work. He's regularly working right now. So we start with the purple mediums. Good morning. You sleeping? <laughs> Which did you want to Yeah, give it a try. Can you see well enough? Yes, we can. We can see him on the pad, and we can. We, we won't be able to pick up the detail on his facial expressions, but that's where you come in. I'll narrate that um, immediately. Now he's got big, deep breaths at the lower ribs. 
if you notice anything else. You can see more movement here. He's still just resting his toe. He's not fully standing on it. But we got lots of blinks. I can see his nose twitching, and we're starting to get some head nods. Yep. Yeah, we can definitely see the eye blinks. Oh, and then yep. you see the release at the axis atlas area. Right. And you know, the, the thing was so interesting because he was standing so quietly between you for the whole time that you were introducing that these things, that little head twitch, the ear movements, they were, they were not there before you put that foot on a pad. So my, my point being, you know, some people would say, well, he's just relaxing, but clearly he's still, um, there's a difference once he, his foot was on that pad, even though it's just the toe. And his breathing has still, it's extended back here. Yep. But I, yeah. And there's a little neck drop. Yep. And my sense of it is there's still tension though. So it'll be interesting when he shifts his full weight on, I still feel the tension in the uh, lumbar area. Yeah, it actually is tight. It's physically tight right there. Yep. Um, the lead shank for a minute he's he's clearly he stood there very quietly the whole time you talk and it's just looped over so if he moves there's he's not tied it's just getting the rope out of the way at this point because clearly there's no need to um hold it to support him he's he's been chill with us from the beginning he's a pro yes. so he knows he can move if he wants to because he's used to us and if i needed to tie them we do have ties where we'll just do a single tie oh, uh, we'll just do a single tie to the wall with a nice loop um, and keep an eye on it. We don't put them on cross ties when they're on pads. Right. So oh, he's shifting. Can you see? All right. Now uh, he's taking the weight. So now we're 100% square. Yep. Yep. And there's really deep eye blinks there after he stepped down. Yep. And my sense of it is there's still, he's tight here and he wants the other. So we'll see if he does. Okay. So Laura's just presenting the pad to give him the option if he wants to look at it. These guys are very familiar with the pad, so the, the greeting isn't really as um, important to them, I think, is the way to say it. It's They know the pads really well. But we do always try to follow safety and make sure that our hands aren't on the pad while we're putting it down when we teach our volunteers to use the pad. That's another thing that's great about the pads is it gives our volunteers a way to um, enrich our horses, uh, you know, and have a relaxing experience around different types of people um, and different age groups and everything. And if you just teach them, you know, how to properly put the pad down and then you're lifting the leg and letting them place their foot accordingly, um, it can be a very safe enriching activity for everybody. And all, and the kids always love to see how the horses react on the pad. So, um, and we do that mounted and unmounted. Um, everyone really likes to actually feel when horses start swaying on the pads when they're on their backs. Um, and then some of our either older students or maybe more advanced students can really actually feel the difference before and after when they're mounted 
um, of how their horse is moving. And it can be a really fun um, sort of in a deeper experience of what they're feeling in the saddle when they feel those changes. Can I say one thing? So you saw me, I introduced, this way. <laughs> I introduced all the way around. People saw that it was voluntary, right? I just uh, checked with him if he wanted to lift it. And surprisingly to me, he wanted two on one side. But then my feeling in the low back went away. Oh, so interesting. The first time that I think his back feels okay. And he's starting to sway, a lateral sway. So there's sway to the right. Yep, little tail swish. And so different horses have a different sway pattern. He has more of a rolling side to side sway pattern, at least of what we've observed so far. Laura, can you describe what you sense from him with the swaying? Yeah, a full, so Susie said, you know, the disc right here, and that's what I sensed was tight. Now I, I feel a real fullness through it as if like somehow this has allowed the circulation and the breathing to loosen everything up. So it'd be interesting if you can update it later, but, um, and then in terms of, I just, this whole time, he feels very inner to me and he's concentrating. So if I was gonna hazard a estimation, I feel like he's got a lot of his inner attention right through here. Even to the point now where he's not uh, reacting as well. Yeah, but still, he doesn't want me to mess with that area. So I'm just gonna stay out of his way so he has his process. So, so Laura, you've I've uh, seen a lot of horses on pads. What's your impression of the swaying? We know it's not postural sway because it's too big, but has, have you had any sense from the different horses of what the swaying does or is about? It's, it's a couple different things in my mind. And of course I'm, I'm interpreting, but um, do you know when you're a little uneasy, if you rock yourself, almost like a rocker, there's a sense that you could go deeper into relaxation. So it's a settling. And then the other thing that I feel happens is a fascial realignment and muscle realignment. So it's both adjusting yourself physically and allowing for fluidity of movement. So that's on a physical plane. And then emotionally, it's just a soothing, a way of self-soothing. Does yeah, that make sense? The sway is starting to get bigger. And Susie, I noticed you were swaying with him. I know. Sometimes I see them sway and it just like, well, and Laura was just talking about movement and you just sort of like, sometimes we actually, as humans, will just flip the pads over and stand on them themselves. Particularly if you've been teaching a lot in the indoor or your outdoor, um, there's, yeah, standing on the pads and just kind of like flattening your back and bending your knees and like exploring like how things move can just be really nice. Yep. And, and we can let Jasper stay on these pads longer because he's, he's been, you've been using pads with him for how long now? Uh, years. Yeah. yeah. A couple years, uh, since he's been with us, two years now. Um, and we've had the pads since we started working with you. Yeah, so that's, that's more like four years. So he's had the pads ever since he's been coming to Misty. So that's, ju I just want to explain to people that you can allow him to hang out there. He's very experienced. He, he knows he has a choice and he's clearly enjoying this. We can, there's a deep eye blink, a little sway, another little sway. 
the, you can see how the rear end is starting to sway separately from the forehand, kind of a back and forth thing. And, um, you know, I, I think it was really great to have you guys introduce yourselves with him standing there because we can see how different this is from simply standing with you. He's very present, he's exploring, he's experiencing, but he's, you know, it's not the same as when he was just hanging out with you guys. So watch his face. I don't know if you could see, I was trying to interject because I could feel it coming, but all of a sudden I could feel the energy going up the spine and then he had a spasm in the right pectoral, um, in the cheek muscles, and he had a little grimace at his lips. So something went, I could feel it building and then it went up. The only thing is I can feel he's getting a little headache from it. So it'll be interesting to see if he either shakes his head or in some way tries to release um, the buildup of energy. And we, you know, just that- It was a nice shoulder twitch there. Yeah, you kind of want to shake like a dog um, when you're kind of letting stuff go. Mm -hmm. And that, that's kind of the feeling I feel building in him. Like he might just need to do something a little more extreme in a moment. So we'll see. Okay. And it almost looks like there, he went a little bit deeper. There was a head drop, mm -hmm. the eyes got even softer. There's still that soft little sway. His nostrils are, are pulling up. Yep. I still feel it, so we'll see. I just, I don't think his head feels quite right. And so one of the things that um, from previous webinars, you know, we're affecting those fascial lines and those meridians. So Kim Bauer's work um, the, in five element theory is talking about the meridian. So it makes sense that he would experience something going from his foot up to his head. I can't remember, Susie, do you remember what meridian that is? Which, where? The meridian that's going from that front foot up to his, his head. Oh, this one? Yeah. I wanna say it's brachiocephalic, but I could be wrong. Muscle, but meridian. Uh, I it's okay. Yeah. Watch those other webinars to connect that, but there's definitely, there's muscle lines and then there's fascial lines and then there's meridians. So yep. yeah, that one. Yep. All right. And so uh, is this a normal length of time you would leave Jasper on the pads? If we were here solely for him to let him take as much time as he wanted and really explore, yes, we could just, if we had the time, or this is one thing that's wonderful about volunteers who come, obviously staff has a lot of things they need to get done during the day, so we do our best to um, work with our horses in a timely manner while still giving them what they need. But when volunteers come, they can just take the time that they want, and it's lovely because they can just let him ride this out and see how it goes. Um, so it sort of depends on, on the amount of time. Um, he would probably stay here for quite a while. So. Yeah, I'm thinking he would. So just in lieu of the webinar time, we might go ahead and, and um, take him off the pads and go on to, the, to our other horse that you have there. Uh, I mean, and what I might do is actually add another pad to change oh. the equation. Yeah, we could do that. That's fine. If he, and we do have, we have another horse coming in. I just have to, um, um, 
So since he's enjoying the sway, I might do the soft and see. Well, and the thing that's so obvious is that when you pick up the lead shank, he's right there. So, you know, some people might think that the horses are checked out or not paying attention, but clearly the fact that you came in and, and picked up that lead shank, he, he was immediately yeah. aware. And so I just want to point that out to people that, you know, they're not zoned out or checked out. No, and he's right here. And what we actually might do, I would move these over, is... Um, just give him a chance to move. And now I'll watch the hind end. Yep. But interestingly enough, he's actually dragging that back right toe that he was standing on. It's just very like, woo, kind of. Left toe or right toe? Open through. And uh, exploring how it's moving. Do you want to feel that spot again? So Susie's been studying Masterson method. Um, in yeah. her path. You've been studying Masterson method in addition to your path training and your riding instruction and your nutrition and. <laughs> yep. So I'm experiencing in helping, um, and this is definitely much more supple than it was before. You can even just see you have some nice bounce. Um, and yeah, that's a lot softer than it was when we started. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, you know, it's interesting because even we didn't, I should have calculated the other side. Maybe it didn't start out quite as um, stiff as the left side, but the right side, even though we didn't have a pad directly under it, it too feels pretty, pretty supple and soft. And he's paying attention, but I don't feel like he's worried now. I don't know if you can hear me, Lindy, but I don't feel the level of worry that he had. Yeah, somebody's saying the combination of Masterson and Sherpa is fantastic, and it is. And I just want to say that it's a good idea to to do each one separately with your horse before yes. you start combining them. Yes, and we found out um, with various modalities that we like to do um, anything that really talks to the nervous system, no matter what. We do have some volunteers in the past who have been Reiki practitioners with horse experience. Um, we do all things separately, and sometimes we even allow for a little time in between because um, they all, you know, particularly if horses aren't used to it, they can sort of almost too much, and they sort of, I don't know what the, that term there's a there is a term as TND is the abbreviation and um you can you can do too much yeah um and so yeah. that is something to be oh. and depending on what you're doing and how intense your therapy is it can be it, it can be somewhat dangerous so we always like to keep ours separate and um by doing them twice doing body work in the morning or pads at night, like we've never had an issue. And as long as they have some time in between, um, it's been lovely. And particularly like one day, one thing, one day, the next thing and combining them is really nice. The nice right. thing about pads is that you can do them mounted and unmounted. Some of those other body work modalities, you can't always do as much when someone is mounted. So. Right. Yep. And it, you know, I'm, 
I want to have a webinar talking about how to recognize if you've done too much, because I think that's an important topic. So I'm going to make a note here. Um, and we always watch, you know, Jasper right there was pretty, he was still present, even though he was very much in the zone. I'd say, you know, there are times when we've seen horses get really swaying and um, really their head is super low and we sort of start to, you sort of see a little bit of a buckle that we might actually just go ahead and take them for a walk and um, do a lap and then come back. And it doesn't mean that you can't maybe do more, but watching them just like, um, we'll usually wake them up a little bit and then come back to what we were doing and, and judge from there how much more we want to do. And I don't know if anyone noticed, but when we went that way and back, he had his head almost at the point of the floor for the whole walk. So he, got a good, he gave himself a stretch. So he's going to go back out, right? Yes, he can go back out. And we're going to swap fit in our lovely. He's sleeping. And so all of Missy's horses live out. They have sheds and they have companions. And he's like, I want to stay here. That's really cute. Come on, come on, sometimes does walk I know. Uh, we can probably just walk Finn in and then he can walk He's not done. <laughs> well, and then Buddy Finn just came in. So Finnegan is who arrived with Jasper uh, when they both came in. Go. We try not to, this looks silly, but we try not to brush them right after pads. So I didn't want to be too strict about it. Yep. No, that makes sense. But it is interesting. He, I think if we weren't doing the webinar, he, he probably would have liked more pads. <laughs> yeah. he, 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 we thought he would be a good one to start with because we know that he really loves them and he stands on them really well for whatever you want to do. He's pretty much game. And he's actually pretty fun to um, experiment with. And I just started looking at some of um, Felicitas's uh, videos where she's stacking pads. Um, he's probably one who at this point might be, be able to start playing with like extra height in addition to different densities. Yep. Um, this is Finn. Finn is uh, about 14 years old now. He came with Jasper um, from the same sail barn. And Finn has had, um, he's a little bit more, he usually likes to stand on the pads a little bit shorter amount of time, but you know, they always prove you wrong. <laughs> he's had some navicular changes, which we're addressing with diet and trim. And um, he in the past has had um, some more sensitive clocks, which we're treating. And so pads are great for both um, to help them explore movement really help them posturally so we can get them moving better with that heel first landing um, and all the things that you know if you had full-blown navicular um, you would want to make sure your horse was moving in the right direction um, so he might not necessarily stand as long as jasper but he does like his pads okay all right oh, and i just want to point out that you guys use rope halters and um, a lot of that is a safety factor here at Misty because you have all different people handling your horses. Um, but what I want to point out, because I, I prefer a flat halter, but what you're doing is you're not letting the slack of that rope hang on that head. In other yeah. words, I've noticed you've always had it looped where, you're, no, where you take the slack out so that it's, you know, this is too long, this is too short, this is just right, because that weight can move that halter when that horse, if he lets his neck down and disturb the peacefulness that you're creating. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's nice to see that you kind of 
have that balance of not just the weight hanging on the horse's head. Another thing I love, Wendy, and watching everybody in the volunteer training, staff training, is that we always keep a loop. We're, you know, we're working with the horses so that through body language, they know what we want to do rather than having to use it as a coercive method. And that's one thing we, we really like about the rope halters is you can, um, you can say more with doing less, um, you know, and then it, it is very helpful when you're out on walking kids on grass and trail where if you need to be a little more corrective, um, you can sort of get in there, do what you need to do and then get out. Um, and you also have um, just so much play with the lead rope to be able to communicate and it really lets them be in their own space and still be able to talk to them um, with the lead rope itself. And uh, But your halters are well fitting and, and here, like I say, the loop that rope weight is not just hanging off that horse's head. You've got it. No, 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 you're fine. You're really good because the, the ring is holding the weight of the rope, not the horse. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm trying um, to find out. It's great. <laughs> I'll start with the firms on him just since he um, does have uh, more going on in his joints just to make sure that he's feeling comfortable. Can you just hold your pads up for a minute and show everybody? These are well-used pads they you guys have had them for i don't know how long now four years yeah okay and so you can see that they have nicks and dings and that sort of thing and they're still working thank you and all of our horses are unshod but we have let people who've come in to um use our indoor ring um we when the weather's bad we uh, the community likes to come in and use our indoor ring and so we have had some horses stand on them with shoes and it does at times has caused damage like this, but still fully functional and um, rocking it. And we've had some chewing. I was gonna say that looks like a bite. <laughs> a chewing, yeah. All right. And we are a nonprofit, and we could use another set, so we're always open to any uh, additional. <laughs> okay, pair. Susie, you got to do that again without using your hand to move the pad. Okay, sorry. That's <laughs> what I said. Just to, just so that I could say that, right? Yes. So you're gonna use your yeah. position yeah. pad. Put your right hand on your back. Put your right hand on your back. Oh, that'll work too. There you go. And you can see he's a little bit fussier, right? Lost his balance a little bit. It's great, you know, Susie, because this is this is life, right? Some horses and some days are a little less balanced or a little bit fussier, or have something going on. And it's okay, but we got an instant lick and chew. And he's cocked his hip. I um I didn't I was oh he's lifting his leg. So Laura said that he wanted the other one, but even if you don't have Laura's skills, he just showed me that he would really like this one. Um and what I so when we started, I looked at him, I could feel, you know, the shoulder area is tight. Um and He's got something going on right here. So we'll see if at some point he wants something behind. Uh, nothing, I don't feel anything. You know, when I mention these places, everybody's got aches and pains and tightness. And as I said, all of them have a friend or a rider that knows how to ride and takes them out on a trail ride. So like with Jasper, he had a ball yesterday and he just needed to work out that area. No, that That's one. Okay. That's totally fine. You know, it's interesting because that the, that's the shoulder that he struggled with a little bit, right? And then he's made a decision there. 
Like I said, I thought he might want one in back on that hip. So let's see. That might be better for him. Yeah, and somebody said it's cool to see that they get to make that decision. And so many people, when they see the horse kick the pad to the back foot, they think, oh, they don't want it, instead of thinking maybe that's the foot they want it on. And clearly now you can see that he's cocked the other hind and he's swaying a little bit. And now he's totally square. You guys might not be able to appreciate that where you are. Yeah, he's you can see right from the first lick and chew that he was he was enjoying it, but he he told you guys what he wanted. <laughs> yes, and now something's going on with his neck, so we'll see if he arches it or does anything. I could feel that he's getting some power up through the withers, um, and he's so much more square now. Yes, he's a little um, turned out on that back left. Um, leg, but I frequently will appreciate that they'll start that way and then they'll correct themselves as things loosen up and they figure stuff out. There's notable eye blinks, breathing changes, little head nods, the ears are turning inward. And he's got tightness all here. He's taking some deep breaths. <laughs> And so, you know, another thing to point out is that these horses are very experienced on pads, but it's not like you have to put all four feet on a pad to have a change or an effect that, you know, in this case, clearly just that two pairs of two pads is having a lot of effect. It's doing a lot. A lot of times also like we'll start out with diagonal pairs, um, just due to the fact that we know that the fascial lines that are connect the back to the front do so diagonally. So it's a nice way to start to help them sort of feel, particularly if, you know, depending on what you might end up trying to help them with um, various canner leads, things of that nature, like diagonal pads can be really fun. One thing, Wendy, I should mention, and we've got a few flies in the aisle, and it reminds me that sometimes people think they walked off because uh, they were done with the pads, but really it's the flies, right? So we tend to try to spray them or I'll take my whisk, my fly whisk and just stand here. And that way that doesn't affect the length. Yeah, of time. And in many cases, they're less fly sensitive while they're on the pads. Did somebody walk by the outside? Yep. You know, and again, this, you know, what's really important to realize is this horse is not asleep. He, is totally aware of his environment because that's something outside through shadow into light and he's noticed it. But what is also important to recognize is that he's decided it's not anything that requires his action, right? He observed it, he maintained his balance, he could look without falling off the pads and then he's checked it out, said it's okay and come back to his, his own process. And Overall, you know, doing the pads is a really nice way to provide an opportunity for them to have full choice and give them a voice. It just gives you an opportunity to just say yes the whole time instead of trying to have them do something specific that you need to do. So it's a lovely way to help horses that maybe, you know, aren't as used to being a part of that lifestyle. I don't know if you you know, horses that may have come from a stricter background or you don't know anything about where they're from, 
um, to let them know that like they can participate and they're not going to be punished. You know, they don't have to stand stock still. They have a voice and they can say, and they can voice a preference. Um, and we get to say yes a lot with the pets instead of no, don't do that, do this. So it's, it's a, just a different way of interacting. And I think for school horses, that's kind of a nice, that's an enriching opportunity on a different level. Um, school horses and therapeutic horses have the toughest jobs. They really do. They really do. And, and to the, any extent that we can help them feel themselves and feel like they can participate in what we're doing instead of just being made to do it, we, we do that as much as we can. I'm getting a little bit of a feeling about the right kind that he may want to slam, but okay. this is the kind of thing where as long as you move slowly and you don't put any pressure, then if I'm wrong, I'm not going to break his process. So I'm just going to try to do this very slowly. And it can be kind of fun to experiment too. And they definitely, you know, once they realize that they have a choice and they can move, they can walk off, you know, it's really very gratifying when you try something and you're like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. And then they're like, ooh, that's nice, because you yeah. know they can move off. So if they don't, you know that they're really liking it. And it's just sort of a deeper connection, I find. Janelle really loves the way you look at your school and therapeutic courses. It's Thank really you. awesome. <laughs> It's important also to give time, so I suggested it. Then I'm not going to take a no as an absolute because he's shifting weight over and off of it. So I'm just letting him think, and I'll try again. Well, again, I just want to point out that you guys can work in the barn aisle because, again, the horses were introduced in the arena. They're very familiar with pads. He came with Jasper, so it's been two years that he's been on pads. And you can see how they are clear about what they want, but they don't need to uh, go to any lengths to express that because you're all listening. There's still a lot of eye blinking and swaying. And um, I think the breathing's increased. It's a little hard to see that from our perspective. Yes. Yeah. Nice yeah. Okay. He's breathing more in the backside of his ribs. Yep. And now I don't feel the tension in the shoulders. And one thing that I'm just noticing is that he's very toe heavy on the front right. You guys probably can't appreciate that from there. So for me, from like an experimental point, I might say, okay, well, let's do this for a little while. And then let me see how he feels in a wedge, you know, just to give him. You mean a slant pad? Yes, yes a slant, thank you. Um, to see how he feels about exploring, you know, maybe more in that direction or maybe more with heel loading, you know. So there's just things that like, as you notice, it's just interesting what you can glean about your horse's like preferences as you go along. 
Yeah, because we can clearly see that his knees are at two different heights, but it looks like his chest is level. So um, this is the bottom of this pack. And see if I can, here's one okay. pack. Here's the yeah, he's in a bit of shadow. Now we're loving. Nope, now he would. <laughs> oh. That was a big sway. Okay. So, it, you know, but it's a great point, Susie, that when you came over, you know, that um, influenced how he was standing, but that he's just simply readjusted himself. Um, he's going to help with the flies. And this is fine too. You know, a lot of horses will just stand with their toe on the pad. You can see he's continuing to sway. Um, it, you can adjust it, but you can leave it. And that's the beauty of this thing is it's, the, you know, you, there's so many choices. It's, it's fine. And Wendy, I feel electricity going up here. It's going along the rib cage, kind of fans out right here. And I feel it all the way up to that and up to the left ear. So there's a little friction of something. Yep. And it's, again, one of the things that's really interesting is that when you just came over to point that out, he stayed where he was. Susie was talking to us when she pointed that out. And it was a completely different thing because she was, you know, it's just fascinating to watch how the horses respond. It's really cool. Do these guys get to have a nap the rest of the afternoon? Yes, we have a, they uh, went in class this morning, so they get to relax for the rest of the afternoon. And um, we're very fortunate that all of our horses live outside 24 seven. So they get to have their body work and they get to do their pads, whatever it is they might be doing. And then they get to go outside and well, if they wanna just lie down and take a nap, they can. But then they also have movement to be able to explore and integrate everything that they gleaned from the pads. So um, anybody watching, if you have any questions for Susie or Laura, just pop it in the chat of the Q&A because we're, um, I think we're getting close to wrapping this up. If anybody has not fallen asleep yet, <laughs> watching the horses, I, it's so relaxing as a person to watch the horses let down and to enjoy surefoot pads. It's, uh, um, it's a vicarious, even through the webinar, you still get it. And I think it could be fun if you get horses and humans all standing on pads together. It can be kind of like a fun little group. Or if it's just you and your horse and you're standing there kind of like exploring pads together, I feel like everyone kind of gets on the same, a little bit of the same wavelength and you kind of create your little energy bubble together. Yeah. So. so Laura, if people want to know more about Misty, how can they find out more? Oh. We that makes me happy. <laughs> Please come check us out. One thing I could say is if anyone is interested, we have a whole program here where you can come and visit and learn um, and watch what we are trying to have as best practices. We're always evolving and learning, but we're open for that. We're also open for phone calls and questions. Um, and then the website is www.mistymeadowsmv for Martha's Vineyard, mistymeadowsmv.org. Great. And I, I have a question here. How long does it take for a horse to feel comfortable with the pads? My old pony 28 is highly reactive, but could use these, I believe. Um, 
you guys want to take I can I have an answer for that why don't you guys go ahead and just talk about your experience with your horses yeah I'd say in our experience um you know we have some who um I mean even Jasper loves them now um it really depends on the horse it depends on what they have going on um it can be anything from, you know, a couple sessions to, oh, now he's standing two feet on one pad. That is, I love it when they do that. Um, a little harder on your pads, but it is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's clearly what he wanted. So that's why it's like, I love it. Cause he's like, nope, I want this here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, 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 we have some that have taken multiple months to sort of, I feel like every time they step on the pad, they sort of, take a layer of the onion off and explore and change. And, and as they become more comfortable in their bodies, they'll stand on the pads longer. Um, and the duration of time really just depends on the horse so far in our experience. But even just a moment of stepping on the pad to then do something else, we've seen a difference in just how a horse will walk off, even just in like range of motion so never underestimate the power of just a simple bloop, and then they come off of it. Yep. We also had horses that do one step and then come off of it, step again, and then come off of it, you know, so just well, on the first horse I did, I timed it for 15 seconds and the horse completely changed. So we've seen everything from horses grazing their foot over the pad and changing horses, barely touching them for a second. Um, and the more reactive horses, it's going to be a shorter duration, but it still can have an amazing effect, even in less than a second, feeling the pads. I've seen and it. And Wendy, can I add just a minute that um, please don't underestimate your ability to do animal communication. And so when you're carrying the pad, you want to feel that it's like the best oats and molasses you've ever brought to your horse. And that like, this is a gift. Um, try to send a picture of I've got this pad because it's gonna help you feel better. Anything you can do to then bring your open heart to the experience and your happy anticipation rather than worry is gonna help also. Yep, so somebody said that I've shown horses walk off and are brought back around, movement between seems really helpful. Yes, um, and in this instance, um, we have set up our cameras where that's not very easy to do, but we have internet where they're sitting. <laughs> um, and, they, and again, they use them in the, in the arena and the horses both unmounted and mounted and in movement, which is how they introduce them to the horses. But you have to remember, these guys have been on pads for, for on and off for two years now. And so they're, they're really um, well experienced and they, you can leave them for longer and you can work with the pads in the barn owl. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to bring out to people is that um, there's the introduction of checking how your horse is going to respond and making sure you stay safe and have enough space and move. But then how do you start to integrate Surefoot into your daily routine? And one of the ways is while you're bringing them in to be tacked up or groomed, you can use even a single pad to make a whole body experience. Yes, we find that it's really useful um, before our lessons, particularly our senior guys, you know, someone can bring a horse in, and you can put them on the pads and then go get your tack. And obviously it all depends on how well your horse, you know, stays put. Um, and ours are very used to pads and they really like being on them. So we do have the luxury of being able to tie them to the wall, not just sort of draping the rope, but we'll actually tie them. But with the loose enough um, 
line so they can move their head if they need to and then go get our stuff and then give them their time. Um, and then, you know, we might brush them and then do pads for another couple minutes. Um, and then, you know, put the saddle on, then do pads again. So as you're doing it through the process, you know, particularly pre-tack and post-tack, um, you know, whether you're untacking or tacking up, it can be a lovely way for them to explore. Um, we also do like doing pads after class as well. Yep. And the key with the lead here is that you want the horse to be able to lower their head. So this is why we say no cross ties, because the minute you cross tie them, they, they can't lower their head if they want to. These, you can see that this horse hasn't, but you don't want to take that possibility away because when they lower their head, they're gonna lengthen their back. You know, those lots of good things. So that's the, the reasoning behind that. And of course, just to point out your surface, it's a matted surface, it's not slippery. You always wanna be aware of your surfaces, uh, wet surfaces, you have to be super careful, slippery straw. Um, but these are, uh, are non-slip mats and um, they're well used. So, you know, new mats sometimes can be more slick than used mats. And Wendy, another thing about cross ties is horses can't get a fly and they can't defend themselves if they're on cross ties and they know it. So we're asking them to go into a deep relaxation state. And, and the way this is, he knows, well, if something happened, because part, part of his brain is always, am I safe in an environment that he could spin around or he could do what he needs to do and therefore he could just let go. Right, right. Well, this is awesome. This has just been fabulous. And thank you for figuring out, we, we did an experiment ahead of time to make sure that they, these guys could broadcast from the barn aisle. And by the way, since it works so well, here's an opportunity for Misty to do little live Facebooks. <laughs> right from the barn aisle because this is cool uh, we have our facebook page and it, you can find us on instagram as well and we do like to post little snippets and videos and tips and showing what we do around the barn how we do what we do um and uh we are at misty meadows mb on facebook and um uh instagram and what's your website again i'll put it in the chat www.mistymeadowsmb.org and if you went to the website, you would see links to Instagram and Facebook as well. Cool. Great. Well, thank you guys for, for doing this. It's been awesome. It's been really fun. And um, now you can go and get in the cool air a little bit. Okay. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Thanks everybody for joining us. Just remember you can find this in all the other webinars on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. Just go to Surefoot Equine and uh, remember to sign up for the newsletter by going to murdochmethod.com and joining my email list. I put out a new email every Sunday, hopefully sometimes Monday, with all the guests that we're going to have for the following week. So have a great weekend and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye guys.